Hello, you're listening to Overwhelm is Optional. Hello and welcome to episode two. This is a lockdown special. So how can we reduce overwhelm during this tricky time? So you might be thinking, that's crazy. The world has gone crazy. It's impossible for me to feel better at a time like this. Or you might already be feeling better because actually quite a few of the things that were difficult for you have accidentally been taken away from you. Or maybe you're somewhere in between. My question is, how can we use lockdown to reduce overwhelm? To start to examine our patterns that lead us to get stuck in that state or leave us spending more of our time in that horrible state than, than we wish to. Yeah, let's, let's just have a go at, at seeing what we can do with that. So at the moment, there's been these huge shifts which have happened very, very quickly. And there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of um, talk about scarcity. So the loo roll scarcity obviously is a big one and and we went out under the cover of night to to get some vegetables last night and uh, there was no loo roll. There were a lot of vegetables, Uh, there was a lot of really good food. The the supermarket was, I'm so grateful, was really well stocked and I think supermarkets are doing a great job. Um, But there was no loo roll, which I'm laughing about because I go to Glastonbury. I've worked at Glastonbury for a number of years. I'm privileged to do so. And there's always the loo roll issue, isn't there? And last year there was no loo roll at all. I don't know why. I don't know if the festival had taken a decision not to provide it this year, but there wasn't any anywhere. And it was very hot. And yeah, you can imagine. Anyway, so that that scarcity of loo roll is something that, you know, once every year I put myself into that situation. So usually I have a backup plan. Um, this year I didn't and I had to um, text a friend who was coming in later than me and go bring loo roll there isn't any anywhere and and she could so you know things get solved things are you can figure stuff out but anyway so the loo roll thing makes me laugh because I think it's really interesting the way that when I'm at Glastonbury I'm so grateful for really simple things like access to a toilet and loo roll um Any sleep I get is a bonus because it's obviously very noisy. Um, Yeah, and then and then you come home and it's like, well, there's loo roll everywhere. So now I don't appreciate my loo roll. I do for a bit. You know, I come home and it's like that that post Glastonbury shower is the most heavenly shower ever. And being able to sit on a clean toilet is it's like being on a throne. And loo roll is the most magical substance in the world. And then I normalise very quickly because that's what we do. We adapt. And then, yeah, I probably waste a bit of loo roll. And that that's it. I find that quite interesting how we change and adapt and we stop noticing the good. And we very easily become obsessed with what we don't have. So how can we use what's going on at the moment you're not allowed to leave your house. Now for introverts, honestly, we've been preparing for this our whole lives. I <laughs> we we've gone out and got vegetables and we're not leaving. We're not leaving the house now. 
um, and it's really nice. And it, and I know I know that there's lots of stuff that's going on right now, which is horrible. And it's not that I don't. It's not that I don't have anxiety about my children, my adult children, who are in London. Um, you know, my family, my friends, um, money. I, there's there's a million things that I can choose to become very very obsessed with or I can choose to focus on what I do have so there's a choice there but that choice is difficult and it's difficult as humans because our brains our minds are so obsessed with lack because that's how we've evolved so for me I'm so grateful that I've been practicing focusing techniques and meditating and and mindfulness and and stuff like that for years so it now it's really helpful it doesn't mean I don't go into those states of overwhelming fear and panic and anxiety but I can I've noticed an ability to bring myself out of that faster and I'm really grateful for that so I'm just I'm going to share some of what I use there's lots of people better at this than me but this is what I do so I will do that in in a while but I just wanted to really try and help you if you're stuck in lockdown and it's and it's like overloading you or it's not overloading you and you'd like and you recognize there's some opportunity here for deep examination and, and maybe when you know looking ahead when we can all go outside again and party um that 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 in that in that time however many weeks or months that is that you would have gained new skills that that there are things that actually you want to change and you can see that would be, be beneficial for you because actually for you being in lockdown there are some good things so either you're feeling like oh my god this is horrendous i can't cope i'm stuck in in the house with my my family and we really don't get on and it's really stressful and we don't have what we need and I'm really anxious about the future and you're feeling really overwhelmed and you can't think straight that would that would be completely understandable obviously you're human stop being so hard on yourself or you might be feeling like yeah this is really hard but there's things about it that have shifted for me and I'm recognizing that that's actually making me feel a bit lighter so or anywhere in between so that's where that's where I'm going with this. So what I find interesting about this is how many times do we wake up in the morning and go, oh my God, I don't want to get up and go to work or I don't want to go to school or I don't want to have to get my kids to school and then go to work and there's too much to do and I've got to go here, here, here and do this, this, this. How many times is that the start of your day? And now, if you're not able to go to work if you're working from home or you've lost your job or whatever's going on for you if you're stuck in your house which part of that actually is good even if you're even if you've got all the anxiety I'm not I'm not saying there's not there's not loads of stuff going on to be worried about let's just put that let's put that to one side just for a moment and imagine so what all of that waking up and going, oh, I don't want to go to work, and now you don't have to go to work. Can you can you just feel feel that feeling to get a felt sense in your body about what that actually feels like? So instead of just letting all the overwhelm and the anxiety replace that 
original feeling of, oh, I don't want to get up and go to work. <clears throat> See if you can just really pay attention to what's going on for you, because that's really useful information. So if you were in a state of overwhelm before this happened, and now you're in a state of overwhelm, but things have shifted, what's going on for you there? Because I would argue that actually it's not external circumstances that cause the overwhelm. Yes, a difficult job where you're managed appallingly and you are not cared for and valued and you don't get adequate breaks. Yes, that definitely contributes to overwhelm. And the way we've set up our society, our education system, our offices, our government, everything needs a damn good look at it look at because we're not thriving in general and that's not good enough we are brilliant we have these amazing minds and these big hearts and we could be living so much better but right now I just want to start with you because you matter hugely how you are feeling how you go about your day that's important your life is precious and I believe that each one of us has a unique contribution to make and when we get stuck in overwhelm we are held back from contributing and that is a tragic waste not just for your life but for the rest of us because we need you I don't know how to do everything I don't have all the answers I need help right now I could do some help with tech but you know asking for help I've been practicing that that's a that's one of the things that I need to do more the point is all this being little individuals and, and not connected is clearly a nonsense because we are clearly very, very connected. And I think that although that's been what's caused this current issue, the fact that it highlights that is a gift. We are all interconnected. We all need each other. We all have something to give. So I can help you with overwhelm. You can help me with tech or all of the other things I'm rubbish at. So, yeah, let's turn this around and make it into an opportunity. Let's just for a moment put to one side all of the worst case scenarios and let's just focus on today. So if today you're at home and you have food and some loo roll and your family is with you, even if they're driving you insane, and you have water in your tap and you are warm and dry, then that's pretty cool. So whatever you've got, just be with that for a moment. So right now, all your worst case scenarios, all your loop of doom in your head, which we, we all have generally, just how much attention we choose to, to give it, none of that's actually happening right now. I mean, some of it is, but that's probably the previous loop of doom. So I'm kind of thinking at the moment that all of those sleepless nights we've had as a collective community on the planet, all of those things where your mind does the worst case scenarios in your head, a lot of that just happened. And yet you are still here listening to this podcast and you're okay. So... However you're feeling is however you're feeling and whatever gifts you can find in today is how you are, is, is what you have. So just be with that a moment. And then 
if you're feeling overwhelmed and really can't think how you're going to get through this, or you're feeling less overwhelmed than you were and you don't really want things to go back to the way they were because you can now see what was out of sync with yourself, what do you want instead? So if you could wave a magic wand and when we come out of our houses and we're able to hug again, and I'm a big hugger, when we get to that point, what do you want instead? How do you want to be in the world? How do you want to live? What would make your heart sing? What would you really want to do with your life? How would you, and I don't mean this on like a huge jack in your job, move to a heart way. You know, I don't mean that. I just mean moment by moment, how do you want to feel and be in the world? How do you want to impact the people around you? Because how we are in each moment is how we live. And how we live and are, we can either be just so nourishing to meet without saying or doing anything, without even hugging anyone. You know how you just like some people you meet and you just go, oh, this is so nice. I just want to, I just want to hang out with these people. You know, some people are just like, have this energy about them, which is really magnetic and nice to be around. And it doesn't feel like it's sucking anything out of you. It's just like, and there's just something there. And and that, imagine, imagine if we could all be more at ease with ourselves. If we knew what we were good at and we wanted to share that, rather than struggling through lives that don't work for us, getting through, getting stuff done in a state of fog and overwhelm and feeling crap. Imagine a world. So that's where I'm going with this because my mission is to get as many people out of overwhelm and really living and getting their gifts out into the world as much as possible. That's that's what I'm about. So let's just talk about um, what's the opposite of overwhelm. So to me, and it could be different for you, and, and, and this is this is really important. We're all unique. So tuning into what how things are for you is really important because you can only move from that place. You can't can't live somebody else's life. It's hopeless. So when I say what do you want instead, so if you if to you overwhelm um, is like this heavy fog, you know, like you just can't. Like what do I do next? What was I doing? I can't remember. I'm sure this wasn't the life I intended to live. So you might be like really high functioning. You might have have like a really quite high power job. You might be getting through and it looks like you've got it all together. So if I think about my worst, some of my worst points from the outside, it would have looked like I was high functioning. I was helping a lot of people. I was getting a lot of stuff done. I was really good at my job. But there, but at home I was rubbish you know, I'd, I'd go, I'd, I'd like have a really good day. And even if it was a day that was filled with joy, you know, even if it was a day when I was teaching maths and I was in that state of flow, because I love teaching, I'm a natural teacher. And, and there'd be times when, wow, 
was just amazing. And I felt, I genuinely thought it was the best job in the world and I was really lucky. And I and I was for moments of it until it, it crushed me because I wasn't paying attention to uh, what I needed. Um, and I'd get home and I'd be so, like, I'd have to close close down again in order to just cope and I'd often just walk through the door and cry and I remember some of the worst moments actually were I look back and think um I can't even really say hello to my dogs now I've got three awesome dogs and they're all lovely and two of them are Cavalier Spaniels and Cavalier Spaniels are the happiest dogs I know. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other happiest dogs and everybody's got very personal preferences with dogs or you don't like them. But but my dogs are always happy. And even if I'm rubbish, like I just can't quite manage to connect with them, they're still there wagging their tail and they still love me. And I really, I remember a friend saying to me that she was teaching as well. And she said, yeah, when it gets really bad, I can't, I can't even connect with my partner. And I just thought, yeah, I'm not, I'm not connecting. I'm very disconnected. And I'd learned to disconnect from myself to survive and do my job really well and help, you know, it was always helping other people. And then I, I was just disconnected from myself. And that, and that not really being able to greet my dogs properly, like their enthusiasm for me was too much. That's terrible. That's rubbish. You'll be glad to know it's not like that now. Oh, no. There's a lot of um, my dogs come upstairs to work with me. Rosie's behind me at the moment. Um, you might get a little snore on the podcast if you're lucky. You know, that joy for me, one of the joys of, of now working from home is, is that, that I'm, I'm taking back those parts of my life that I lost and I can look back and see what I was missing. But hindsight's a great thing, particularly if you're deeply reflective or you get coached in that to... to to go back and get the gold but for me that that heaviness that fog that not being able to see the wood the wood for the the trees for the wood the wood for the trees you know I couldn't see a way through and I thought I could but I look back and think no you made it too complicated because actually I was using my head to try and get out of the overwhelm and that's where I think I went wrong so let's just draw this out for me overwhelm feels heavy exhausting and it's like having a fog so the opposite to that is a lightness an ease in my body and by that I don't mean like so laid back I can't do anything I actually mean quite the opposite to me ease is a state of resting readiness it's like um I guess dogs do it don't they they're, they're like sleeping and then you say, do you want to go for a walk? And they're like, they're on it. They're there. They're ready. They go from naught to 60. You know, they're just, they're just there. And that to me, that sense of ease in my body where I am standing my ground. I feel, I feel safe and welcome. I feel like I, there's space for me. Um, yeah. And, and also that, then that ease becomes an absence of pain for me or, or maybe not. Yeah. It, or maybe the opposite is my overwhelm led to my body locking up and, and led to pain. And then so for me, part of my journey is noticing the body and unlocking the body and then pain started to go. But that, so the opposite to me is 
we go from heaviness to a lightness and ease in the body and in a sense of being here, being ourselves fully, not feeling pressured to be something other than we're not, not pushing through all the time. Um, so achieving our dreams um, and working hard towards things, but not pushing and striving. And in that lightness comes an energy because we're just just able to flow and release and just and just be ourselves. And then there's just this natural energizing effect. So it's quite, it's quite a big thing for me. And you can see that it's very physical. And that's because my journey and, and, and what I teach and what I've learned is to do with that body-mind connection, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about in a moment. And the other thing is this cognitive overload in the head, this fog, where it's it's a it's really it takes an enormous amount of effort to think clearly. No, no, it's not that you can't think clearly, and it's not that you don't have moments when it's like, yeah, my brain's on it. It's just that it's exhausting. It uses so much power, you know. So at the end of the day, it can feel like you physically ache from the cognitive demands. And I had that quite a lot, where I'd be like, why do I physically ache? when I've actually just taught six lessons. Because I haven't, I mean, I, I did used to move quite a lot as a teacher, but it's not like I was running a marathon, and yet I felt like that. So what was that about? So the opposite to me is this this clarity of thought, this this lovely, just, oh yeah, I can see now. Yeah, this like, this knowing, this deep knowing, this clarity of thought, this being able to go, oh, so the next step is this rather than I wonder what the next step is I wonder how I solve this problem that that effortful thinking this is more effortless because when fog clears you can see and so we've got heaviness to lightness and energy and we've got out of this fog this cognitive overload into this clarity and that clarity allows focus and when we have um real proper focus that beautiful thing that happens when we we know who we are we know what we want to achieve and we're clear and open and energized that focus that moves us forwards to our dreams but not at the expense of our body our health our well-being our sanity and our relationships so I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my story and how I got to this point. So I would argue that my, uh, yeah, cycle of exhaustion, stress, overwhelm, that, that pattern which led me to an embarrassing, tragic burnout, which I'm not now <laughs> almost laughing about, because not because it's funny, but because it, it's just so good to be out of it so good to be out of it and that's that's what I want for everyone so um I I think my story starts this time so you know I'm just going to start my story in a different place each time but that that time when I decided to finish my degree with the Open University and this is no criticism of the Open University which I think is just amazing I'm so grateful to the Open University please fund students in the Open University because it's amazing 
I love I love the Open University. Anyway, but I I just you know I did two intense years of studying to finish my degree, and that overuse of my mind, uh, um, that's what that's what started me in trouble. Because I remember I remember one day I spent thirteen hours straight writing up a research report, and it was done, and it was really good that it was done, and the what I learned on my degree, that, that mental agility, that ability to take research, psychological research and examine it and pull it to pieces and, and then make really complex evidenced arguments. You know, that whole process of, of, um, doing mini research projects and then writing reports and then analyzing research and then writing complex essays, all of that. Wow. For me, that that was so exciting and I learned so much and I gained so much confidence and I'm really really grateful it's it's given me skills for life like the ability to 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 read something and just pull stuff out and and I and I love that about myself and I'm really grateful that I'm really excited about that still however plus all the knowledge you know the the ton of knowledge that I crammed into my head that's always there with me it's always useful but that overusing of my mind at the expense of my body, that's when my journey starts to tip into, into overwhelm because I've overused my, my mind and overwhelm is in your head. Not that it's not real, it's very real, but, but it is too much living in the head. So all the energy goes up into the head and um, for me, I became disconnected from my body in order to get stuff done, in order to do two really difficult years of just doing essay after essay, assignment after assignment after assignment, and then exams, particularly in the year where I did two final degree years together in one go while, you know, working and raising children. So that pressure I put myself under in order to achieve this dream goal of my degree, which (laughs) which took me 20 years to get, I started it in 1986 and I finished it in 2007. That's quite funny, isn't it? I never seem to do anything normally. I've always looked at people who, who you know, got their A-levels, went to university, managed to get a degree and then got a job. And it just looks so normal and easy. And I and went through this period of really envying that and thinking, why can't I just do things sensibly and normally? It would have been so much easier to get my degree um, at 21 rather than, oh, I don't know how old I was, 30-something. Um but that's not me and I accept that and it's funny now I just laugh now but anyway yeah I think I I think I've taken a harder route through my life at times but yeah hindsight again one of the joys of being in your 50s I love that that wisdom which comes from that reflection anyway where were we yeah so that ignoring my body so in order to sit there and write a report for 13 hours my body must have been screaming at me because I was keeping still you know, bodies aren't designed to keep still, and yet we've set up our societies to keep them really still. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, it does make sense. I understand how it's happened, but what I'm saying is it's not very good for us, and it was really not very good for me to be that stationary. And I thought it was just temporary, but I think that the habit of shutting down the signals from my body, so not not now, I just need to do this, which is what we do a lot... So if you think about your day, how many times are you thirsty, but you don't get up and get a drink because you just want to get this done? 
Or how many times are you hungry and you don't respond to that? And when you do respond to that, you eat rubbish food very quickly whilst doing something else. Or you don't plan your meals because it's it's just not a priority. You don't have time to do that. You've got too much stuff to get done, which means that actually what you're eating not only isn't always very nourishing, but actually you don't really enjoy it because you're not, you know, instead of instead of going... Well, I live in an amazing country with this huge array of food, which right now we're all going to be much more grateful for our food producers and and hopefully our our farmers who are, yeah, much denigrated often. Um, So hopefully we'll start appreciating our homegrown food, which would be really wonderful. Um, And just that thing, you know, you can go into a supermarket and this vast array of food, that's amazing. But most of the time, I think we just you know shopping's a chore for a lot of us because it's difficult to fit in because we're all rushing around just getting through in a state of um overwhelm with different different degrees so um yeah how often do you just eat to fuel rather than going i live in an amazing country i can afford delicious food i'm going to love this meal i'm going to make this really nourishing i'm going to really notice it i'm going to really enjoy it it's a bit like the glastonbury loo roll isn't it you know, when you're at Glastonbury, loo roll is amazing. A clean toilet is amazing. You know, getting any sleep is just heaven. And then you get home and all those things normalise really quickly. It's, it's exactly the same thing. But how many times when you're hungry do you not eat? How many times when you're tired do you not rest? I think this is really, really common. I think we have this huge idea as a society that keeping on going, getting stuff done at the expense of sleep is okay so for me I think it's quite funny that when I was a teacher I used to say things like imagine if there were bunk beds in the staff room because really we all need power naps because there's so much research about napping and you know all the best people nap it's so good for you um animals do it uh I don't know if siestas are still happening in southern Europe I hope they are um, but yeah, this this working on through and it's just crazy. And but what's what's funny for me is that I thought, oh well, if I worked from home, I would nap. <laughs> and then I discovered that no, I had the same resistance to rest. It's like, oh no, I just get this done. I'll just get this done. I'll just get this done. So I was just carrying on with my same burnout pattern, even though I had the chance to change it. So this is what's important right now. If you're working from home, can you? Take a break in the middle of the day, proper break, switch everything off, don't scroll and and just literally don't try and nap because you can't try. We all know how hard it is to try to sleep. Don't even try, just go for, you know, this is what I do now. Five minutes, close my eyes. That's it. And if I fall asleep, I fall asleep and it's lovely. And if I don't, that's okay. But I still have some resistance to it. I've built it in as a habit now. But it's a little bit crazy that for years I knew I needed to have a quick nap, a power nap. And that's funny, isn't it? I've just changed it to a power nap because there's a little bit of shame over napping. Oh, she has a nap. How lazy. Just call it a power nap and then it's allowed because it's for better productivity. I mean, this is crazy. So, so yeah, actually, let's be honest here. What I actually do now after practising purposely actually building it into my day it's written on the board in front of me it is 
a strict part of my day and I used to hide it from my partner. So when he was at work, I'd be like, yeah, I'll practice, I'll practice this self-care routine of taking this five minute shut eye thing. And then when he was home, I'd, I'd be like, mm, maybe I won't do it while he's home. It's this shame around napping. It's like there's this resistance to rest because it's a weakness. When clearly we are all, or a lot of us are so overtired, it's crazy. Anyway, yeah, so what I do now, this is what I do, is um, Rosie, who is my, uh, I was going to say middle child, no, I have real children, um, fur child, my middle dog, Rosie, she's a six-year-old Cavalier Spaniel, she's lovely, she's the best snuggler, she really likes an armpit, so she just comes with me and we <clears throat> find somewhere to lie down and then go to sleep or not, she goes straight to sleep. Because dogs have got it sussed, haven't they? They really have got it sussed. Yeah, we could learn. We could learn something from dogs. They rest when they're tired. They bounce around when they're excited. They drink when they're thirsty. They don't have so much control over their food. But, you know. Anyway, where was I? Sorry, I've got a bit lost now. Telling you stories about my dogs and my funny day. Um... Yeah, so how many times do you just push on through when you're exhausted, you stay up too late, you get up the next day and you feel rubbish? Or you keep scrolling on your phone or working or, or doing something which you know isn't helping you unwind right up until you're too tired and then you just go to bed and then you can't sleep because you haven't listened to what your body actually needed, which it may have needed to go to sleep two hours before and now you've missed that opportunity because you've got to go through to the next cycle so then you're stuck in bed wide awake you know how often do you not how often do you shut down the signals from your body as if your body is irrelevant because that is for me the key to this overwhelm problem that's it get out of your head where the overwhelm lives sink into your body and notice and listen deeply, respectfully and kindly. Notice what's going on for you. Because your body has brilliant information. And you can choose whether or not to respond to it. Because it's not always convenient, is it? You certainly don't want to be falling asleep when you're in charge of puppies or driving heavy machinery. That's not appropriate. So, so the ability to override body, bodily signals is really, really important. It's part of maturity and civilization. But getting out of overwhelm and, and, and strengthening your immune system and your ability to focus and sleep and live skillfully, that, your body's got the answers. I swear it has. It has for me. So, do you want to give it a go? So... Just for a moment, if you can, place your feet on the ground because I think it's helpful to anchor your feet on the ground because your feet are furthest away from your overwhelmed head, overloaded mind and just allow your attention to move from whatever's going on in your head, whatever distractions. So the mind moves really fast and can pretty much go round the globe in less than a second. Moves too fast. 
very distracting and very good at pointing out everything that's missing in your life, everything that's wrong, very good at problem solving or drawing attention to problems. So just for a moment, take a break from that. Because if your mind is stuck in a loop of doom and fear and anxiety, it's not much fun. And there's not a lot you can do about most of it at the moment. So instead, you can choose where you place your attention. So I'm inviting you to place all your attention in your feet. And already your mind has probably drawn your attention away from your feet because that's what your mind does. That's just being human. So notice what else comes up for you. So if you start getting, I'm rubbish at this, there's no point, it's impossible for me to do this, you don't understand, I'm more overwhelmed than that, this, this is just too hard for me, you can just listen to that or you can place all your attention in your feet. And to make it really easy, you could close your eyes if appropriate to do so. And if it's not appropriate, that's okay. Just place all your attention in your feet. And to help you even more, get really curious about your feet. How do your feet feel? Just focus on the right foot for a moment. And then the left foot. Just notice anything. Maybe wiggle your toes. Anything you can do to anchor your attention into your feet is going to help you. Because your mind is very good at distracting you, taking over, and it tends to be a bit naggy and doom laden. So if you want to feel better, just don't pay as much attention. And that's not very easy because just not paying attention to your loop of doom in your head is really hard. It's like telling somebody not to worry. Ridiculously hard. Don't worry. Really? That's, that's too hard. But instead, you can notice the worry and accept that right now, that's how you are. You can also notice that maybe even though things could be worse at the moment, you could consider the world has gone crazy and there's more to worry about. But maybe, actually, you always feel like this. So maybe it's not the external circumstances. Maybe it's just that nobody taught us how to take control of our minds. Yet, that's where we're heading. That's where we're evolving. How to take control of your mind. Not trying to calm the mind. Just moving the attention away from it. So, if you want, you can say, yeah, you're a bit naggy mind just not going to listen to you for a little while. Place your attention in your feet. Then place your attention in your belly. And if your belly wants to soften, now's a good time to allow it to soften, if it wants to. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Just notice that. So all you're doing is noticing what's going on in your body instead of focusing in on 
your mind. And you can notice both. You can choose to place your attention back into your mind if your mind hasn't already distracted you. And you can notice the storminess of it. You can notice whatever it's doing to distract you. And then you can purposely move your attention back into your body. Feel your feet on the ground. Allow your belly to soften if it wants to. If it doesn't, notice that. And then you might like to place your attention in your shoulders and notice the space between your shoulders and your ears. Just notice how close to your ears your shoulders are. Just notice, don't try to change anything. Just notice. So we're making this as easy as possible by accepting the fact that your mind is going to distract you, that it's really not very possible to keep your attention in your body. You have to keep doing it over and over again. That's normal. So you're not failing. You're just accepting your humanness. So the control is not the ability to completely calm your mind, to stop worrying, to stop the loop of doom and nagging. The control is the purpose, the purposeful, purposeful placing of your attention into the body. And then it can be really helpful to get curious because curiosity is the opposite of judgment, which is just really helpful because otherwise you get the otherwise the mind gets too involved in the practice and it's just really irritating because minds tend to find something wrong with the body and then start problem solving and then creating a story linked to why your belly won't soften or why one foot is warmer than the other or you know it's just boring and tedious listening to the mind all the time so take a break get curious about your body we're just going to keep layering this on so once again feel your feet on the ground get curious about any physical sensations in your feet temperature tingling heaviness the, the feel of your socks or no socks or shoes uh, the ground beneath your feet so if you're in a flat and you're you know like the ground's a long way beneath you it can be really helpful to imagine your feet on the ground on grass or to imagine like you've got tree roots coming out the end of your feet this sounds a bit woo woo but it, I think it works really well because um, it's quite stabilizing so you know if you're stuck in a flat and you can't go outside it's just not a very natural state of being is it so I mean it might be fine for you um, it might might be wonderful for you in your flat and you might not need to do this so just ignore me just take what you need ignore the rest I'm a country girl I need to put my feet on the grass, that really helps me. So if, if you're missing the real ground beneath your feet or you just want to increase the intensity of this grounding and, and feeling into your feet, you can imagine like tree roots or something going all the way down from your feet into the ground if that's helpful to you. If it's not, just ignore it. It's just a method to help or not. You are unique. Do what feels good for you. Okay, so feeling your feet on the ground, 
and then allowing your belly to soften. Notice the space between your shoulders and your ears. And then just notice how you feel. Bringing the whole body into your awareness, including the mind. So you can notice this busy mind at the top of your body. And then you can notice your whole body just still and stable for a moment. Or if you're walking, you can do this walking. But just really being in your body. Becoming aware of your body. Just notice anything or nothing. Just get curious. And then a really helpful thing, if you are feeling very overwhelmed or it's like your nervous system's got so used to being on high alert... If you want to start allowing the nervous system to remember where your off switch is, it's really helpful to bring in self-kindness. Now, self-kindness is a really interesting practice to me because some people seem to find it very easy to look after themselves. And the rest of us <laughs> seem to find it quite difficult. So you need to think how things are for you. And even if you do find it quite easy to look after yourself, I still recommend you try try this because it can add like another dimension. Now you need to see self-kindness as a superpower, as a strength, rather than as this like soppy fluffy thing. Because it genuinely there was some research on this. I can't remember. I can't remember where it is, otherwise I'd find it for you. I'll have to look it up. But um yeah, this introduction of kindness this quality of kindness whatever that means for you it's going to be different for everyone but introducing allowing this feeling of kindness to permeate your body is really good for you it works if it's not for you don't try it just go with the curiosity because that stops your mind hijacking your you're putting your attention into your body but should we give it a go so let's go through the whole thing together. And then you can just do this whenever you need to for a few minutes each day, if that would be helpful to you. So feel your feet on the ground. Really feel your feet on the ground. Notice how your feet feel. Allow your belly to soften. Or not. Just notice. Notice the space between your shoulders and your ears. And then get really curious about any sensations in your body without trying to change anything. So you might locate heaviness, buzziness, discomfort. If you're in pain, then maybe you want to move. But discomfort is, is not so bad. It's just there, just notice it. We have a very low tolerance for discomfort. Notice which parts of your body are really comfortable. Notice what that means for you. What what does really comfortable feel like? What are the physical sensations? Because you can re-educate your mind to notice that. Notice any ease in the body. Notice any restriction. What does discomfort feel like for you? Get really curious and then see if you can do it in a really neutral way. So 
we tend to label things as good or bad and then this whole story comes along. Oh, that's uncomfortable because I did this and I shouldn't do this and blah, 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 da, da, da. So instead of going with that, go see if you can hold the comfort and the discomfort, the heat and the cold, the buzziness and lightness, the heaviness and meh, whatever's there. See if you can see it in, in just like all the same way, like it was kind of like a landscape of your body. So it's just information. It's neither good nor bad. It's just how things are for you at the moment. Just be see if you can do it curiously. And then notice how you feel. Well done. And then we're going to introduce the like icing on the cake for resetting the nervous system. And this is kindness. So just imagine that every cell in your body is kind of like a little, maybe it feels a little bit chaotic. It might not for you, but you can imagine, or just imagine. I, I often imagine that each cell in my body is a little bit spinning from everything I've been doing. And then as I bring in this, this body-centered mindfulness practice, this moving my attention into my body and allowing everything to reset, it's like all the little cells can just start to find their own speed, their own rearrangement, space created inside, everything, mending, healing, the body readjusting, doing whatever it needs to do, but I don't normally give it the space to do because I ignore its needs all day. So another way of thinking, and then and then each, yeah, so then each cell, you can imagine it being held in kindness or being filled with kindness, whatever that means to you. So kindness self-kindness if that's too hard if you've got a sense of kindness go with that but if you haven't if you cannot imagine that then I recommend this have you ever been listened to like properly listened to like when somebody just holds that space for you and you can just offload without being judged and afterwards it was like a gift. So if you've ever been listened to like that, see if you can tune into that. I don't know if many of us have. So imagine what it would be like. Or you're more likely to have done it for somebody else. I think this is quite common. So imagine that you're listening to your body. You're holding your body with the kindness of listening to an old friend. So you're listening to your body like an old friend because it is an old friend and for many of us it's an old friend that has been ignored and neglected for far too long so feel your feet on the ground allow your belly to soften or not notice the space between your shoulders and your ears Get curious about anything or nothing. Sensations in your body. And each time your mind gets involved with a suggestion, pointing out what's wrong, attaching stories to physical sensations. Just release your focus on that and place it back into your body. Allow your body to be filled with kindness 
listen to your body with the attention you would give to a cherished old friend just for a moment. And notice how you feel. And each time you realise your attention has moved back into the mind, gently but firmly escort your attention back into the body. Over and over again. And you could do this for one minute, five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour. I would I would start really small. Be kind to yourself if you found that helpful. So, throughout your time in lockdown, can you use it to start to move towards a way of living which is better suited to your uniqueness, your energy, your gifts, what brings you joy, what are your priorities? Because if there's one thing that's going on at the moment... It's like if we remove the noise of the busyness, the getting through, right now, we could all get sick, so our lives become more precious. And we all have concerns about getting enough food for ourselves and our families, having the money we need to keep a roof over our head, getting access to the medical care that we need. We don't know when we're going to see each other again. There's so many, so much going on, so many basic needs are maybe feeling under threat. So the good thing about that is it makes us, it gives us the opportunity to focus on what's really important. And that's a gift. So Take this time, this opportunity to look after yourself and reflect on what's important and learn how to move out of overwhelm because overwhelm, that busyness, that getting on through is robbing you of your life and life as we really know right now is so precious, it's a gift. So I invite you to imagine if you could wave a magic wand and right now recreate your life in a way that really works for you, that energises you, that makes you feel like you wake up in the morning, imagine that you're, you're just like, oh, brilliant, another day. If you've been used to waking up with, oh, how am I going to get through today? So this is an opportunity while we're in these unusual circumstances because a big shift has happened out of your control. You no longer need to do the, well, if I didn't do, if I I had a different job or if this was different or if my company was run in a different way or if I could run my company in a different way, if, 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 all the what ifs, they kind of just happened. So this is this is a temporary thing. This will pass. 
And yes, things will be different, but very soon we'll normalise. We'll be wasting loo roll again. We'll, we'll, people say this won't happen, but it always happens because this is being human. You know, we will one day reach a stage where we don't appreciate the food and being able to go to a supermarket. That will happen. It's really sad and it's really tragic. And in a way, I kind of hope it happens because then it means that we're back to a supply chain that works and we're all out. But what I really, really, really want to happen is that we we find what brings us joy. We stop just getting through. We learn to live in alignment with our own unique gifts, our own energies, that we feel really well, that we make the absolute best of our time here. That's what I want. So, let me know what you think. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, next episode coming soon. Have a good day. Take good care of yourself.